You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. This week on Fair of the Free Child podcast. With upon the replay, we are replaying, rebroadcasting episode 45 because I've been getting a lot of questions about that transition from homeschooling to self-directed education. And this offers a few morsels that you could snack on while you're doing the process the only way that it can be done, which is by you and the young people in your life that inspire you to listen to this podcast, the work in your heart and soul and community that brings you to a space like this is that same connection, that same drive that will help you discover what that transition needs to look like for you. But here are some examples and ideas in support of that. The show notes page for this episode is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 131. Listen, engage, enjoy. Chat to you next week. To bring reality and clarity to the what and how of unschooling. To flash a here's where this is happening light for those who've already been thinking about ways to support the next generation in nurturing the level of confidence and the type of learning skills that they'll need to navigate the world in a more just, more people-centered, and more critically approached direction. To assert that social justice awareness and emotional wellness are vital parts of raising a whole person. And as educators work hard to try to make a way to raise whole people within the confines of the system, others do it without the confines of any systems or structures or forced schools. Some of us who do that identify as unschoolers, and today I'll share how it happens for some of us and answer some of your questions about unschooling in the process. So <laughs> I had all my granny glasses. I got new glasses, y'all. I have reading glasses and then I have regular ass glasses. What do you call the other kind? See, no, because they're all seeing glasses. Well, I got some reading glasses and some regular ass glasses. And I feel like my grandma. So I keep going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though my grandmas don't do that, neither one of them. Anyway. <laughs> That was the audio for the very first lecture in the webinar that's happening today, Wednesday, July 12, 2017, and all day tomorrow as well, 48-hour webinar access. And so that was the why of the webinar. And then the second lecture went into a little bit more detail about what the webinar participants would be seeing And I'm really, really excited. I wanted to wait until after the webinar was live to record this week's episode of our chat time because I wanted to be able to bring some of the conversation up out of the webinar and here into the interwebs. First of all, thank you guys who signed up for the webinar. 
There is a lot of engagement going on inside the lectures. People are commenting and asking questions, and I'm going to focus on one of those questions this episode. But I'm really happy to just see dialogue happening around unschooling, getting clarity around it, even though the practice of respecting children and living in community with people, no matter their age, that's not new. That's like old as fuck. That's like the original way. School is the thing that's relatively new. But even though unschooling itself is not new, it is newly becoming mainstream in modern times. In a schoolish world, it's becoming something that is standing out because more and more of us are surviving our childhoods and realizing that that same thing doesn't have to happen to the children around us. And a big part of that is ownership of self, the same ownership of self that you and I as adults are learning how to really stand into and to say no to people and to say yes to ourselves and to trust our intuition and to figure out what the hell is our intuition and and to trust our brilliance, to trust that we belong in certain spaces and that we can get to others. All of those things are not skills that you have to practice as an adult. They're things that come with being a human. And unschooling essentially says we believe that people should own themselves. We believe that people are sovereign. And so if that is a belief that we have, in order to walk that talk, in order to live that politic, we have to look at all the relationships that we have and say, okay, where am I the oppressor and where am I being oppressed? And what am I going to do about both of them shits? And that's what unschooling has been very much for Chris and me. And just since I've been doing this podcast, I've met so many other unschoolers whose lives echo a very similar sentiment that it started out being about school and something their kid wasn't doing in school or something that was happening in school. But the further in you dive, the more you realize uh, the learning thing is such a byproduct of the relationships, of the environment that's being cultivated, of the sense of autonomy that a child is afforded and should be afforded, the human rights component of raising a free person. And so that's what unschooling becomes about. And that's what the webinar discusses. It talks about the link between unschooling and social justice. It talks about essentially adultism or childism, depending on which term you prefer, this idea of the superiority of adulthood to the detriment of childhood and the way that children suffer. It's not just an inconvenience, it's suffering that happens because children are going to school hungry or going to school after leaving an abusive environment at home. And because school is so focused on testing and lessons and methodology, they're burying an entire part of this human to focus on schooling, to focus on learning that we know as adults walking around here, that graduating from school doesn't make you an equipped adult. It doesn't make you equipped to adult well, to manage yourself, to manage other people. So unschooling is the examination of those realities, the realities that we're facing as adults, the ways we're just now coming into ourselves. It is an examination of that, a critical examination of that, and a commitment to living in a way in our relationships with children that mirror our belief that people own themselves and that it's not control or coercion that we want to use to nurture relationships. It's 
autonomy and understanding and compassion, these sorts of things. So really grateful to know that other people are having those conversations as well. And I've been really fortunate to talk to a lot of those people through the podcast and through the relationships that have developed as a result of the podcast. So man, I'm just so grateful for y'all. So I mentioned that I wanted to address one of the questions that was posed in the webinar. Malika Underwood asked about transitioning from homeschooling to unschooling, from control to partnership, especially with children who are tired of being controlled and a parent who sees the controlling isn't worth the results. I'm wondering who else has had this question before. Have you thought about that? Are you a homeschooling parent who's interested in transitioning to a more partnership-centered relationship? If so, I want to know. You can always leave me a voicemail on akilasrichards.com. There's a little button to the right where you can send a voice memo. Or you can email me, she at akilasrichards.com. I'm really, really curious about that. How many folks are interested in transitioning from homeschooling to unschooling? Maybe that's what my next webinar needs to be about. I don't know. Let me know. But ETL, y'all hear her name like at least, what, maybe twice a month? Friend of mine who is a longtime unschooler, her, her husband, and their two daughters have been unschooling for about 17 years. And she always knew that she wanted to take that sort of partnership role for education and living, really, because it really is about living with her family. So ETL responded to Malika's question about transitioning from homeschooling to unschooling and from control to partnership by saying this. We practice what we choose. I hope that doesn't come across as matter of fact because I'm not coming from that space. If unschooling is the path you want for yourself and your children, daily and gradually, go on to that path. Just using the methods and tools that Akila has shared here as to the what and how of unschooling will help you to be successful with that transition. A decision has to be made. If you use a curriculum, putting it away is a good place to start. Thank you, ETL, for that response. I'm going to co-sign on that because Malika and I hope you listen. I'll actually put a comment in there to tell you that I answered your question on the podcast. I agree with ETL that if you use a curriculum, putting it away is a good place to start because then that's going to allow you to observe. In unschooling, observation is a powerful, powerful relationship tool. Observation to see what's happening. And what happens for so many of us is that we start to see the patterns that are developing, which allows us to get a better idea of how we can be helpful in a process instead of supposing that we should have the answers or just mimicking the ways that we were parented or the things that society says parenting should include or what it should look like or even how you should dress as a parent. <laughs> I remember when I was doing the Steve Harvey show and they asked me if I have a tattoo across my chest and they said that it had to be covered because, you know, it was a show about moms and dads. So <laughs> I found that so hilarious. I still find it hilarious. Like, oh, well, yeah, a mom can't have a tattoo. What the hell? So all of those things play into this perception of what parenting should look like, right? Because we present our children to the world. We know this. 
And then we also present ourselves as parents like, see, I'm doing it right. My child's doing well. Yeah, that sort of thing. So putting away the curriculum allows you to then steer your attention away from whether they're following that track of the curriculum and over to what is happening organically. So that'll tell you whether you just need to focus on de-schooling and just kind of chill the fuck out, not try to replace the time with something else. That was a very tough one for me and Chris. Oh my gosh. I said it in the webinar that we didn't have a hard time when we decided with the girls' leadership because they really took the lead and were like, oh, okay, eventually we got the memo that they didn't want to be in school anymore. That wasn't a tough decision to make. What was tough was trying to figure out first how to fill the time, all this time that we now had with them. And then later, what became tough was realizing that, oh, the goal isn't to try to fill the time with something else. <laughs> it is to foster an environment where whatever the natural curiosities and all of the millions of things connected to that, whatever those things are, to just make room for those things to be deeply explored by your children with their leadership with your guidance and your input and all of those things, it doesn't mean that you don't respond and you don't offer guidance and leadership. It doesn't mean that at all. We're all leading at some point. That's what it becomes about. That's what you can now do. Those are some of the things you can realize when you just allow yourself to observe and to listen. You can see what needs to happen. Do you just need to focus on de-schooling? Or has your child been itching to dive into something else that you already know about? The one thing that he or she gives their attention to that you're like, okay, boom, now, now, instead of just taking this, uh, say it's dance, instead of taking this dance class on Saturday mornings, now you could do something online where you're learning these basic techniques of dance, or you can be going to volunteer at a dance studio in your town a couple of times a week so they can learn all these different aspects of dance. You know, it just opens it up. Maybe that's what you need to be doing. Maybe your kid is like a super science nerd and now you can spend all this time doing different experiments and connecting them with other people and places where those interests can be explored and expounded upon. Maybe that's what you need to be doing. But you can't decide that in advance. You, you won't know unless you observe. So that's why I really appreciate when ETL said, if you use a curriculum, putting it away is a good place to start. I also appreciate and co-sign where she said a decision has to be made. And that really is the primary thing. When you get to a point where you know what's not working for your child, right? You may not have the solution, but you know what's not working. You vacillate, which I think is normal and maybe even healthy, forces you to kind of look at all the sides. You vacillate between what you think needs to happen and what you fear might happen, that sort of thing. Will this work? Will I have the time? Will this cost more than I have to invest financially or emotionally? What if my kid changes their mind? What about math? What about socialization? Da, 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 da. All of those things that come up after allowing yourself to vacillate, allowing yourself to look at all of the sides of the thing and diving into your own intuition, using research if that's your thing, talking to other people if that's your thing, listening to podcasts if that's your thing, whatever it is that you need to feel like you're making an informed decision. When you do that, then you make the decision. And until you make the decision, it is really, really difficult to support 
unschooling, to support a child in unschooling, to support yourself in unschooling, because you don't unschool a child, you unschool together. And if you haven't made a decision, if it still feels like, well, I'm going to see if this is going to work, it won't. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it won't. Because it's always going to be so much easier to just fall in line with the thing that makes you feel safe. It feels safe to say this book says for 12 year olds, they could do it for six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, they gonna know this shit right here. Okay. That feels safe. So if you haven't made a decision and you're not able to support yourself in that decision, whether it's alone or through your spiritual resources or through your community, whatever you need to support yourself in that decision, then it's going to be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, or it looks like they're just playing games all day, or they're still asleep. Oh my God, it's 1130. All of these things that come up and that they're fears that we have because they don't look like what we expect, I guess, productivity and progress and learning to look like. So we get scared. And if you haven't made a decision, then those fears are going to go from something that are in your periphery to something that's all up in your face, like, yeah, your kid's getting dumber. Like, (laughs) seriously, because I've definitely had those moments where it comes up, but because we've made a decision, then I can see it for what it is. It's just me riding the wave of supporting myself through a decision and paying attention to Marley and to Sage and seeing that they're good. They're happy and they're engaged and they are expressive and they talk about what they need. They talk about what they're into. They talk about how I can support them, how anybody who's willing to support them (laughs) can support them. And they talk about the places where they want to work on aspects of themselves or their craft. And so that's the answer, Malika. It's to decide. It's to continue to do the exploration. Joining the webinar was a great idea because now you have a more clear idea, as you've said in another comment, about what this is, which is great. I'm really happy that I was able to convey that I want people to walk away from this wacky sounding thing like unschooling with clarity. So I'm very glad that you got that. And so as ETL said, put away the curriculum if you're using one. Start feeling through the space that you create with your children. So if you're already homeschooling, I assume that's why you asked that question. Back away from the structure a little bit. If you usually have four or five hours a day where a certain curriculum or certain curricula is being covered, stop or go down to maybe two hours. Talk to them a little bit more about what they want to do and see how you can make space for that. And just keep doing that, Malika, keep doing that. That's how you transition. It's a daily, gradual path. And it doesn't have a prescriptive methodology It just means that you have to put things down that make you feel like something is happening and pay attention to what is happening so that you can be in support of that or question that if you want to, but so you can engage with what's actually happening for your children in their lives with their interest now. 